Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hey guys, so we did something a little different last episode and we're going to continue it this time. So we've gotten so many letters and notes and messages from you guys asking who we are that we decided to interview each other. So last time Sylvie interviewed me, I'm Nat, (laughs) and this time I'm interviewing Sylvie. So she's in the hot seat. I am, it's burning. I'm so (laughs) excited. It's so much harder to be interviewed than it is to interview other people. I (laughs) know. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so, anyway, Sylvie, you are from a different part of the world than I am from. Yeah. Tell us about where you're from. Yes. Well, as you can all tell by my accent, I'm from England, good old Great Britain. Mm. I'm originally from a city called. She's a red coat. Leeds. A red coat. Do you know what? I watched The Patriot last night. Did you? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and now I understand where that comes I get from. really, other Americans, I get, I make the red coat joke a lot. I'm like, oh, all my friends are red coats. But like other Americans that don't know that joke, I'm like, I'm so ashamed of you. <laughs> Do you know anything about history? Anyway, carry on. You're from Leeds. I am from Leeds, which is, um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a city in the north of England. It's near Manchester. Manchester mm. United. Everyone seems to have that as a good reference point mm. for where I'm from. Only because um, those people seem a bit crazy, but keep going. <laughs> well, it has the famous football team. Yeah, but I, were but, the cra- aren't they nuts? Aren't they like legitimately nuts? Like they go crazy about games? And oh, well, that's things? just like football hooligans in general. Gotcha. Okay. Or soccer to you. Huh. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was definitely more of a 90s thing. I feel like maybe okay. it's, I don't know. Has it changed? I don't know. I don't watch football. Mm. Anyway, um, I actually have two fun facts to share. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, the first is that I was actually brought up bilingually and I speak fluent German. Mm. Um, my grandmother's from Germany um, and she never spoke to my mum in German. And my mum went travelling around the world and learnt six languages. Uh, You've got the coolest mom. <laughs> she really is. Honestly. <laughs> She's yeah. awesome. And then she was like, oh, it would be so much easier for my kids if they could speak a second language. <laughs> so oh, she brought me my so sister cool. up bilingually. Oh. Um, so I feel really grateful for that because um, I think language shapes your view of the world and helps yeah. you to like connect with people in different ways. And definitely growing up, I spent a lot of time traveling in Europe on holiday with family and meeting German people or people from Austria Mm. Um, and it was just great to have that second language to communicate yeah I I thought that was just an awesome thing to grow up with and I tried to keep practicing here Um, but there's less German people around that I know (laughs) dude did I ever tell you the story about when I rented a car in Germany and then like didn't even consider the fact that I didn't know fucking German no and I ended up (laughs) Well, this, oh wait, it is the same side of the road for Germany and America, isn't it? It is, yeah. but like when you don't know the language, how are you going to get anywhere? <laughs> it's 
So I drove. I drove. Anyway, keep going. It would have been helpful. Let me just say. Hats off to your mom. Oh, I feel like I need to know the end of this story. I'll tell you later. Okay. We're talking about you, Sylvie. You're in the hot seat. I was trying to wiggle off of it. No. Um, but yeah, so I guess the second fun fact about me is that I actually went to an all-girls school. And it was called Leeds Girls High School, mm. which has subsequently merged with the boys' school and become a, a mixed sex school. But co-ed. 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 Yeah. Well, we call it same sex and mixed. Mixed in, sex and yeah. same sex? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it's co-educational. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really didn't realise how much going to an all-girls school shaped me as a person yeah. until like later years and I'm so grateful that I went there and had that experience because a lot of people I meet they're like oh you went to a girls school like was that not awful no not at all it was amazing I feel really lucky because it was an educational environment where there were no gender roles so you would do design technology and you'd be like soaring things and there was no kind of expectation that you wouldn't do typically male Mm. subjects like science and maths and yeah. it was actually considered cool to do well at my school. Yeah. So if you weren't performing with your grades, then it was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you need to like step up. So yeah. that was a really great, um, just kind of, I guess, like atmosphere. Or Plus, you're such a cheerleader for other women as an adult. Like, I've noticed that about you. You're so genuinely, you genuinely cheer other women on. Yeah. I Maybe want... that's something you learned. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think that might be from... The fact I'm like a big empath and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want everyone to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Please be happy. Yeah. Try. But I definitely feel like my school, my my upbringing. I've had a lot of privilege. Mm. Um, even just the fact that I have this like amazing family like my mum and dad were both like really inspiring to me especially my mum because she was very kind of independent and had Mm. this feminist attitude where she would go after anything and and um and be outspoken and that's something that I've definitely kind of seen and then brought into my own life and and personality I think yeah um but yeah I think I've I've had a I've had the privilege of being able to grow up with a great level of confidence yeah um and I recognize that that is a privilege from um, my kind of educational environment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's like, I guess, like kind of shaped myself. And then I studied marketing and management at Newcastle University, which is a college to all the Americans, um, about an hour and a half um, north of where I grew up, which doesn't sound like very far when you're in America, but is actually a completely different place <laughs> in the UK, which is a tiny island. Is it um, Newcastle like a place where all the people? It's like a city-ish, college town-ish. Yeah, so Newcastle is the city. It's um, so another fun fact because I love facts. The <laughs> Sydney fun fact is fun. <laughs> the Sydney Harbour Bridge is actually based off the Tyne Bridge, which is um, in Newcastle. Huh. Interesting. And the the parts came from Newcastle. I was on the so my um, future mother in law is from Carlisle, which oh. is close to Newcastle ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was on the train after visiting her once, and like we, there were just a bunch of dudes, you know, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> they were all like just talking about how they were going to Newcastle to basically like get pissed. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> basically sounds like have Newcastle. A good night out. The so, tune. <laughs> so it's definitely a uni town. It's definitely a, a yeah. Fun town. 
Um, so they have a really funny accent there. They called Newcastle City Centre the Toon. The Toon? Yeah, so you go get Dune in the Toon. Okay, I don't even, I'm just, we're going to move on. Okay. <laughs> so it's a different language. <laughs> moving on, Sully, moving on. <laughs> so we're, So you studied marketing straight away at Newcastle University. So what happened then? Yeah, so then I graduated. Um, I actually was really proud to graduate for first class honours, mm. um, which I'd worked really hard for. I actually broke my pelvis in my second year of uni Ooh. on a skiing accident. <laughs> so I was bedridden for three months, basically. Mm. Um, so that was like quite a big achievement for me to, to do, but I really kind of set my mind to studying and um, I, w- I wanted to do well in business and I, I wanted to get a good degree and, mm. and work hard for it. Yeah. But also like having that time where I wasn't able to like even move to the other side of the kitchen without my crutches. I wasn't able to make myself scrambled eggs without it being a massive yeah. ordeal. Yeah. That was quite a humbling experience. Um, and I'm lucky that I'm like now completely fine. Yeah. But it was um, it was definitely something that, yeah, it just made me realise that you can't take anything in life for granted, especially your health. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a side note, but anyway, <laughs> after uni, I actually um, I moved back to Leeds and I got a job as a marketing manager and it was in a software company that was for lang- language teaching. So my German came in handy again. Mm. I think that's actually one of the reasons that I got the job because it was a language software company yeah. um, and it was quite a small team. So it was myself and like three other people in the UK office, but it was a Finnish company mm-hmm. um, and I was the only one in marketing. So... In a way, that was quite exciting because I was able to shape the role and the strategy into what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then I also felt acutely that I wish I had a mentor or someone that I could learn from in a more of a senior position. Yeah. Um, but I think in a way, it kind of did me a favour because the only way that I could learn anything and to like do what I needed to do for my job was actually um, like just learn it and google search it and go on the internet (laughs) and watch videos and teach myself how to do everything that I was learning because social media is like basically flourishing at that time it was the new marketing strategy probably founded by you as we discovered in our last interview stop it (laughs) pioneering stop it so what year is is this that you're you're going into this first job um 2012 okay yeah gotcha um and I was there for three years. Mm. Um, and then I just was, I think I was like 25 going on 26. And I was like, is this it? Am I just like going <laughs> to work? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Am I just going to like do this job and, you know, have, I've, I'd like got a flat. Is this all I'm going to do That's an now? apartment for you guys then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I was like, right, let's go traveling. And I'd started writing a travel blog with my friend that I lived with. Mm. Um, so we went on a three and a half month journey around the world where we started in Vegas of all places. And then- Good God, why? <laughs> <laughs> and you made it out of Vegas for the rest of the trip. That is the success story. <laughs> we said we went backpacking, but we definitely went glam packing because Aww. we... <laughs> <laughs> we had a really great time. We actually came to Sydney mm-hmm. um, and Australia for a whole month as part of that trip. And that's the first time I came here and, and was a real eye-opener for how um, awesome Australia is and kind of planted a bit of a seed for me that mm-hmm. I'd love to move here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, then I actually went back home to the UK and um, my partner James and I actually started a matcha green tea business together. She means her life partner. My life partner. <laughs> <laughs> but also my business partner. Um, because we we basically saw, thought that this is at the time when um, Instagram marketing was just taking off and like mm. no one really knew what an influencer was. It was on the cusp of it being yeah. this like thing. So we were like, oh like my God. 2015. Yeah. 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 So we were like, oh, this is this is this is what we have to do this we have to like take advantage of this you know new yeah. shift in how people are buying things online mm-hmm. um and it seems so easy naively like yeah. all you have to do is buy this tea and then give it to an influencer and then they'll they'll post about it and then you'll have like a thousand sales and you'll make loads of money yeah. and this actually was how it worked for a few brands really early on but we were kind of just lagging behind that yeah. um a little bit so it was an interesting seven months of trying to make this business work, not having a salary, living at James's mum's house, <laughs> working out of the garage. <laughs> Mixing matcha in the garage. Literally. <laughs> and then we were buying it packaged from Japan and we just ordered far too much. And well, we had you only need a little matcha to make like a pot of tea. Like it's like a pinch of matcha. Yeah. To yeah, make yeah. a bunch of tea. Well, this was the problem that we found, is that people <laughs> didn't know how to make matcha tea. Yeah, right. So you had to have this whole, like, educational piece on, like, right. why matcha is good. And matcha... It's really easy to make it taste shitty. Yeah. Oh, That's the problem. People were like, it tastes like grass. Like, <laughs> it wasn't... Especially for the UK, where, like, everyone's, like, really big on tea. Yeah, right. And they just buy tea from the supermarket. And then yeah. this, like, premium tea comes along that's in powder form that you have to whisk. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just... It, we were too, I guess, like niche of a product trying to do mass market and having to educate people mm. as well as sell them on this In a thing. tea snob area. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember being in Scotland or like on that. Sorry. I, yeah, I was on the edge of Scotland and I ordered, I went to a cafe and I was like in my accent. I was like, <laughs> could I have an English breakfast tea? And the woman's like, a breakfast tea? <laughs> Not just English. This is Scotland. where it's from, lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, get it together. <laughs> like, so you're trying to sell, basically, you know, a yeah. product to to a, a culture that's generally quite knowledgeable about that area. Yeah, yeah, and then there was the flavor thing. So we brought out different flavors, and then they sold quite well. And we tried loads of things that we had a subscription model, which mm. was great for us, and had that recurring revenue. So we knew that we had these people coming back and buying every month, but it wasn't that many people so it just didn't quite cover and we made some really big mistakes like Mm. we spent too much money on some influencers that then didn't bring the sales and because of that gamble and we'd bought the stock to cover the sales we thought we were going to get it just all didn't work out there was a lot of naivety and I feel like my tea business is a whole other episode. <laughs> my failed tea business. <laughs> yeah. The reason I'm a success today <laughs> by Sylvie Hall. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Like, sometimes you have to, like, try something a little out there and yeah. really fucking fail in order to figure out, like, how to succeed. So it's literally been a life changer for yeah. both of us because yeah. this is the company that James learned how to become a web developer right. and that's his career. Gotcha. And it's the company that taught me so much more about marketing and business that I Actual actually, yeah, yeah, that I had no idea about. So yeah. I think we say this a lot on the podcast and we have 
interviewed a few guests before where they've had failings or things haven't quite worked out. Like yeah. I'm one of them. And yeah. it's, it's <laughs> yes. fine. Yeah. We have this thing where you don't want to talk about like failures. And I think Penny Lacasse, which was a previous guest, said it really well about um she doesn't see things that go wrong as failures but as yeah. learnings. And yeah, I totally yeah, relate yeah. to that because yeah. there's no there's nothing bad that I there's nothing I regret about this business even the fact it didn't work right because we actually said if the business doesn't work we used to go on these walks when we were <laughs> you like and, you and James me and James we'd from, go your, on, from his mum yeah from his, <laughs> we'd do on these like morning walks yeah. where we'd basically just like coach each other because it, at, towards the end it started to get really hard and depressing yeah. and we were just there like oh it's failing like what are we gonna do Aww. and we just pump each other up for that day like come on we can we can do this and then we said do you know what if this business doesn't work, let's move to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this like little light, this shining light. Aww. And some people are like, don't have a plan B when you start a business. But I think yeah. for us, like we needed that at that time. Yeah. So anyway, I'm really going on about this. And <laughs> there is a lot more I could say. But essentially, I ended up getting a job again because I couldn't stand not having the money and the security anymore. I was so tired from trying to make this thing work yeah 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 being broke trying to like really desperately make something work to give me an income yeah and I just didn't have any energy left and it felt awful but also really great to go back into a job and then suddenly have like a steady income again yeah security yeah Yeah. but we knew that we wanted to come to Australia and that that was our eventual plan so that's what um we ended up doing in in 2017 so I've been here about three years now yeah um and I spent the first two years working in marketing I got a job um working for a self-managed super fund which is like 401k mm-hmm. um and then also in a fitness brand but eventually decided to leave because I just wanted to work for myself again yeah, um which yeah. was really exciting so I actually have two businesses so um I do social media and marketing consultancy um and work with amazing clients like Invoice to Go. Yes, um, we hired her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do like strategy and lead generation. And I, I, I absolutely love doing all that. Um, and then I also, um, I'm working on a plus size fashion platform um, called insize.com. And that is uh, basically the goal with Insize is to make women just feel completely confident in their bodies and to be able to find Mm. clothing in their size that is actually stylish because I found my sister is plus size and she was saying that she had this real problem of trying to find clothing that looked good and made her feel good without being marginalized on the site yeah so InSize is a really exciting project that I'm working on at the moment yeah yeah yeah. I've got to get into that and like see more about what that's all about even like I've never had an experience with plus size clothing shopping myself but I've had an experience with pregnancy and maternity clothing yeah shopping and oh my god like if I have to wear one more tent like I'm gonna freak <laughs> out like what we're Why? not going camping what is all this fabric why this is my body this is a natural body like why are we trying to pretend that we're not pregnant here like yeah it yeah it's weird um I but, love it em- yeah embrace embracing bodies of every shape and size no exactly. matter where you're at that is the philosophy behind insides and it's a real um passion of mine and it's kind of one of my kind of personal goals as well that I've realized we've spoken a lot about finding greater purpose and I I truly believe that I've found mine and that is to help women feel confident and that is in business or with their body shape or just like making the next step with like in a friendship or relationship or just something work-wise anything just 
empowering women to feel confident in themselves. Yeah. So it feels good to be working on that. Beautiful. Mm. What does the Female Founders Network mean to you? Why is it so important? Um, honestly, because I am one and I know the struggle <laughs> is real. Yes. It's so yes. hard. Yes. And I've been there and I've failed and I'm doing it again and I'm I, I don't know what how to, we've spoken a lot about how you just define success, but I actually feel even though I'm not like in a massive mansion with a Range Rover, I feel successful because <laughs> did you just say Range Rover? Yeah, where did you pull out Range Rover? I know some like really fucked up people, but they've got Range Rovers. Like I don't think <laughs> that is your measure of oh success. See, I don't know. This is another reason why I had to leave North Leeds because in North Leeds, your measure of success is your big house and your Range Rover. <laughs> Range Rover? Yes. Oh, wow. It's a fancy car. Yeah. I once dated a guy who was like the most messed up guy I ever dated, and he drove a Range Rover. So Sorry, I'll say Bentley. Okay, fine. (laughs) Anything but a Range Rover. Let's keep going. So, (laughs) yeah, I guess, say I thought that was the definition of success, but I've realized that it's actually just like loving what you do and working towards something that you really passionately yeah. believe in and that's why the female founders network is so important to me because yeah like I said I, I want to help women feel confident and I want to share advice and stories and that's what we're doing with these amazing women that we interview on the podcast and that we have in the Facebook group is we're sharing stories and and providing a platform for inspiration and a helping hand and that is something that I definitely would have loved in my tea business days. It's definitely something that I'm <laughs> yeah. loving now. Yes. And I just think it's an awesome initiative. So thanks for having me on thanks board. Thanks and boys to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sponsoring this podcast for everyone. <laughs> um, so, okay. So what advice would you give to other women starting a boutique consultancy agency or a brand of some sort because you've got both going on right now what would you Mm. say um I would say you have to believe in yourself and it's okay to be a little naive because if you weren't a little naive you wouldn't ever do it (laughs) you might not (laughs) and you just have to go for it and take one step at a time speak to as many people as possible Mm. about what you're doing and tell them about so for example if you're starting you know a consultancy I think networking and making connections with people is one of the most important and most underrated things um, that you can do for yourself Mm. Um, getting positive reviews having people talk about you as well is is something that you can definitely do um, to boost your business um, I think definitely early days is like utilizing your connections as much as you can. Um, joining and, groups too, like to yeah. your point, like joining communities, like the fact that you guys are listening to this podcast or have joined the Female Founders Network community, that's a good mm. first step. Go join a bunch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Talk online, like yeah. ask questions. Yeah. Be curious, like don't be afraid to learn something new and try different things. Yeah. I think like A-B testing is something we do a lot in marketing. It's also something you can do in your life and your business and like trying little, you know, little experiments to see what works and what doesn't and and having more of a scientific approach rather than just like flying off the handle at things. Yeah, making guesses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a business, just do it. 
<laughs> just do it. do it on the side and yeah. then launch into it afterwards you don't have to dive straight in yeah. you can be doing it while working your job there's so um, many ways to start yeah. a business yeah there's so many ways definitely beautiful but yeah uh, my my second and most important piece of advice is to, mm. to keep listening to this podcast <laughs> stop it <laughs> Okay, shameless plug from Sylvie. Anyway, so now you guys know us. Um, We hope that this gave you a good idea of who we are. We can always be found on the Female Founders Network um, Facebook group. You can also reach out to us on the Female Founders Network feed on Instagram. Yeah. Ask us anything. We're always here. (laughs) We We love to to chat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Talk soon. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.